0: Romans chapter 1, look at this one verse, powerful verse, one that we know well. Verse 16, the Apostle Paul saying these words, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Father, thank you for your word. We ask now, as we quiet ourselves and open our hearts and open our ears, that we would hear what you say and receive what you're giving. May it not return to your void, but that purpose for which it was sent. Let that be accomplished in our lives today. We pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. In the summertime growing up, Every now and then, we would zip off to my father's hometown, Linton, Indiana. I've talked to you over over the years here about some of my family, but I'd like to introduce a new family member to you that I don't know that I've ever mentioned or introduced to you. It's my dad's cousin, Kurt. Kurt and Vivian. They're dad's cousins, but they were like my... Uncle and my aunt, because of their age and just their, the way we interacted. They're my dad's cousins, so does that make me second cousins? And their kid's my third cousins? I never could do that cousin math very good, you know. All I knew is they were family, and I loved going over to Uncle Kurt and Aunt Vivian's. That's what I ended up calling them. In the central part of Indiana, a lot of coal, a lot of coal miners. They had stripped his land... Of all the coal, and now they filled part of his property with water. It was a man-made lake, a strip mine lake, which they stocked with fish, and it was surrounded by by woods on this one side, and it was awesome. I loved going over to Curtin Vivian's. We would go fishing, we'd go camping, we'd go hiking. And if you like just being with family that loves you, that's kind of how it was. We didn't have to do any of that. We just liked being around each other. And every now and then, they'd say, he called me Stevie. Stevie, why don't you come over and just stay a whole week? Oh, that was a real treat. Get to go and just hang a whole week with Uncle Kurt and Aunt Viv. Now, Uncle Kurt, he was from the old school. He got up early. He was going to work a full day, and it was going to be a hard day's work. So he got up. And he wanted breakfast by about 5.30 or 6. Which meant Viv had to get up earlier than that. And it wasn't just a zap something in the microwave or you're eating cereal that morning. He wanted a hot breakfast of bacon and eggs or sausage and eggs and potatoes every morning. That's just how he worked. He got more work done with a hot breakfast. So he'd eat his hot breakfast and he'd go off to the... He would rent out the the, the lake, by the way, to RVers and they'd come and camp for a, a whole week... He'd go and, and do his work, and by about 11, 30, or 12, he was ready for a hot lunch. Not a little turkey sandwich or something. Again, it was like pork chops, or it was always this hot meal. So as soon as Viv would get done with the breakfast, she had to start doing the dishes. Then she'd start having to cooking for lunch. After lunch, he goes back to work, and then she starts cooking for dinner, which is going to be a big meal, too. That's just how my family was. But I asked my dad one day, how did you come to find the Lord? He said, oh, that was my cousin, Kurt. Dad and Kurt were in the Navy together. They went at the same time and served our country. He said, yeah, Kurt found the Lord, and he and Vivian started going to church, and one day they asked me if I would go to church with them, your mom and I we went to a little country church I felt the Holy Spirit draw me and I'd surrendered my life to, to the Lord that day it got me thinking what if Kurt had never taken the time to share the gospel sharing the gospel can be as simple as just inviting somebody to church telling somebody hey hey Carmen's coming to La Palma Christian Center. I don't know. He invited. Why did he do this? Because he wasn't ashamed. He wasn't ashamed of the gospel. And that invitation led to a commitment to serve and follow Christ by my father and my mother. And when they committed, let me tell you, they were all in. I mean, my parents were at the house of God every opportunity that the doors were open. How many were raised in a home like that? You went to church every time the doors were open? That was my home. They didn't do this because they felt obligated to go to the house of God or guilted if they didn't go. They did it because they loved the house of God, they loved the people of God, they loved the teaching of God, they wanted to be used by God. So I'm just telling you, I was truly raised in church, raised in an Assemblies of God church on the west side of Terre Haute. Thank you. I'm serious, I remember rolling from the front underneath the pew all the way to the back and we'd have races to see who could roll there the fastest without throwing up, you know. That's just church for me. But I wonder, what if he didn't, what if he was ashamed? What if he never invited my dad that day? What if dad never made that commitment that day? How would my life be different? It could be drastically different. Of course, through the grace and mercy and providence of God, God could route things still. But there was a point of destiny and purpose for my dad that translated to my home, to his children. And I believe I stand behind this sacred and holy desk today in part because of Kurt and Vivian and their willingness to evangelize and share the gospel. I heard one one person say that sharing the gospel is like a beggar finding a piece of bread and going and telling the rest of the beggars where he found it. We complicate sharing the gospel, we complicate evangelism. It's just opening our mouths and telling people about Jesus. Your life has been radically changed transformed completely. Don't ever forget that. It was done because God wants to use that to tell somebody else. One of the things missing in most churches today, at least in America, not so much in third world countries, but in America this is a missing ingredient, evangelism. Evangelism just sharing the good news, the gospel of Jesus. What has caused this loss of passion for souls? Why are there so few soul winners in most local congregations? I like what the Apostle Paul said here. He made it real clear, didn't he? I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In case you were wondering, in case there was any question about it, let me just state for the record today, he says, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Which leads me to this question. Has the church become ashamed of the gospel? La Palma Christian Center, can I bring it down to where we live? Are you possibly ashamed of the power of the Holy Spirit that may be working and operating at any time at La Palma Christian Center? Do you come with bated breath and your your fingers crossed just hoping that Sister Mickey or Brother Jerry or Pastor Steve or Mike or somebody else, Sister, Sister Kelly... Going to start speaking in tongues or dancing or who knows what. Somebody might fall out under the power of God. Oh God, I just invited them and they actually came, and now what am I going to do? <laughs> Don't tell me you haven't thought that at one time or another. Because <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I thought it myself. You invite district officials to your church, uh, 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 city officials, I mean. You want them to come, and then you, you go, oh my, now what if they come? <laughs> I remember when Elliot was in Little League, I invited the whole Little League family, all the, all the kids' parents, and they said, oh, you're a pastor over there, you're the music pastor? Come on, let's go. And they showed up one day. And I got nervous, thinking somebody's going to act out. And it might be me. So, I, I, you know, under my breath, I'm praying, God, don't let me act out today. We got visitors here. But see, I don't care what God wants to do. And if He wants to do it through me, I let it be so. If I want to dance before God, or if, if the power of God comes on me in such a way that I can't stand anymore, and I end up flat on my back, so be that. If God wants to use me to give a message in tongues in another language so that He can speak to somebody's heart, I am willing and I'm available. Use me in the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Are we ashamed? We better ask ourselves this. I know everybody doesn't roll like La Palma Christian Center. I know everybody doesn't roll like me. And I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I get that. I understand that. Hello, God. Do you all know God's using cell phones now? God, just get a word to me. I don't care how it comes. Just get a word to me. Text me, Lord. Email me, God. Send smoke signals. Just speak. Are we ashamed of the gospel no. the power of god's holy spirit to move now i try my best folks to explain what's going on when someone is used in the gifts of tongues for instance and an interpretation of tongues or if by chance somebody falls i believe somebody did today i wasn't praying for him but somebody fell this the power of god is so strong around this altar I don't care if if you fall or if you stand or if I fall or if I stand. I just want to get a hold of God. I want to be filled with God so I can take that to somebody who's empty. You get filled so that'll splash off on somebody. You're bumping into people all the time, right? Right? hopefully a little bit of the Holy Ghost is splashing out on people. And the Spirit of God and the presence of God is rubbing off on somebody. They may not even understand what's going on, but every time they're around you, they say, she's so encouraging, she's so full of joy, she always has a smile on her face. You are rubbing off on somebody and that Holy Spirit that is in you is now transferring to somebody else. Amen. 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 The Apostle Paul he is our, our focus today, and the words that he spoke, I want us to look, look at closely and listen to carefully. Let's pull this apart. Look, first of all, at his declaration. The Apostle Paul's declaration, what is it? It's simple, it's easy. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Even if everybody else doesn't get on board, even if I'm ridiculed and made fun of, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is his declaration. Now, it's important for you to keep in the back of your mind who Paul is. Or maybe I should say it like this. Who Saul was. He hadn't always been the apostle Paul. He used to be the rascal Saul. Sounds like a country band, but it's not. Keep in mind that the Apostle Paul just used to be an ordinary Joe, an ordinary Saul, and he was a rascal. He was the persecutor of persecutors against the church and against Christians. He spent all of his energy and all of his time and all of his passion coming against Christians, coming against the gospel. Keep this tucked in the back of your mind. He stood as a witness Acts 8, verse 1, stood as a witness and gave full consent to the stoning of Stephen. Maybe even picked up a stone or two himself. But something happened on the way to Damascus that changed everything. Or oh, we know it as the Damascus experience. We, we call it the Damascus Road encounter. But the Damascus Road was just the road that led to Damascus. <laughs> he just happened to be on the wrong road or the right road, however you look at this, at the wrong time or at the right time, depending on how you see it. And remember why he was going to Damascus. He was going with purpose and with intent. He was going to get some more of the ones who were of the way. That's how my Bible words it. Let me go get some more of these people who are of the way. He went to bind them, bring them back bound, and imprison them. Put them in prison. That's why he was going. But everything changed for Saul. On the road to Damascus. He saw a light. He heard a voice. And he was dropped to his back. See, speaking of people falling under the power, Jesus appeared to him in a light and with a voice. And it was so powerful, he was thrown to his back. He fell as a dead man, the Bible says. Look it up. And everything changed for him that day. Jesus spoke to him And he was converted. He believed in his heart that he was, in fact, the Son of God. His focus changed. Remember, he was temporarily blinded. His focus literally changed, didn't it? Because God wanted to show him what he was to see. His heart changed. He went from a man filled with hatred to a man... Filled with love, and I love this. Even his name changed. Not going to be called Saul anymore. You're not Saul the rascal anymore. You're Paul the apostle now. Because of this great conversion on this road to Damascus, we have instruction and correction and teaching that is so vital to us today in the building of our church and and running a church today. Paul went from persecutor of the gospel to preacher of the gospel, and he spent the rest of his life telling others about Jesus. He declared with passion, with tears, and with purpose. Paul's declaration came two ways. It came by his words, which should happen for us. Do people even know that you're a Christian? And I know some of us want to say, well, I'm just going to let my life speak. Well, that's great. Your life needs to speak. But at some point, on some day, we need to open up our mouths and actually say some things about Jesus. Open your mouth and say, hey, I go over to La Palma Christian Center. Hey. We're going to have Billy Burke. He's a guest, and we've seen people healed. You name it. Hey, we've got a men's Monday night meeting that is just going to rock your world. It's so good. We meet in home groups, for life groups. It's on and on and on. The opportunities are endless. But if we never open our mouths, how are they going to hear? He declared the gospel two ways, with his words, also with his walk. Yeah, your life does need to be speaking for you. And maybe that is the louder voice. Because if we say with our mouths, I love Jesus, and then we go and, 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 and hang out in the club on Saturday night and we drink and carouse and whatever, there's a little bit of a conflict here. Is anybody with me here today? So your life has to actually line up with your lips, right? We declare with our lips and with our life. We declare with our talk and with our walk. We declare with our words and with our witness. Paul's declaration, he he could declare this because the declaration was his delight. Look at the scripture again there laying in your lap. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ here it is. Here's the delight part. It is the power of God to salvation. Do you remember the day you were saved? How long have you been saved? Five years? Four years? How long have you been saved? 38 years? Come on, talk to me here today, church. How long have you been saved, Yolanda? Do you remember? 93, thank you. Give me, a, give me a number of years or the day that you were saved. How long? 20, 20. 11 years old. You were for 20 years or when you were 20? Uh, when I was 21. You were 21. How long have you been saved? Seven years, it was April Fool's Day. April Fool's Day. She remembers it vividly. She remembers it well. How long have you been saved over here? 35 years. Come on, talk to me today. How long have you been saved and serving God? 47 years. Fifty-five years. Forty-five years. Come on, Miss Bonnie. My Lord Jesus. And has He ever failed you? Has He ever let you down? Has He ever disappointed you? Did He ever leave you? Did He ever forsake you? Sixty-some years serving Jesus. See, we get so far away from that encounter, that Damascus Road experience, that the delight and the power. I could take you to the very piece of property when God transformed me and changed my life. The power of the gospel. I had no no desire to drink any longer. I had no uh, draw or attraction to drugs anymore. Because the power of the gospel. I had to tell everybody about this. This is some kind of power. See, we lose the delight. The delight of the gospel wanes. We just get used to church. It's just church. Sunday morning, come on everybody, get up. We even holler at each other. That's probably when we holler at each other the most on the way to church. Don't look around again now. The delight of the gospel. You were a drug addict at one time. And you heard about the gospel. And the power of the gospel set you free. You were an alcoholic at one time. But the power and the delight of the gospel changed everything. You were a rascal just like Saul. But now look what the power of the gospel has done. Paul delighted in the power of the gospel because he knew what it had done for him personally. See, that's that's a key right here. It's not just what what the power of the gospel has done for Robert, and I thank God for that, or Leslie, or Robin, or anybody else in the room. we got to start right here. Remember, it took him from persecutor to preacher, from hater to lover. started with with Paul, Saul slash Paul. That's where it's got to start with us. You have a testimony that is so unique, so special. It's, it's, It's customized by God. Not one other like it. Your testimony. Delight in that. Delight in the power of the gospel to save you. He delighted in this because not only did it save him, he saw what it had done in others. Because he's telling it to everybody, wasn't he? So he saw firsthand the power of the gospel to save. He saw firsthand the power of the gospel to heal the sick. He saw firsthand the power of the gospel to deliver those who were demon-possessed. He saw firsthand the power of the gospel to take old and make it new. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ. Do I have anybody that this applies to so far here today? Come on, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This is why he could delight in this. His delight led to his determination. And I want to close with this. Paul was focused. Paul was determined. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation, and here we go, for everyone, somebody say everyone. Everyone. For everyone who believes. Paul believed that this power that he encountered was available to all. And so he was determined to share the gospel with everyone. Now it's clear here, the Bible says it's for the Jew first. I wonder if we have any born-again Jews in the house here today. Sandy, I thought I remembered that you are of Jewish descent. And here is a born-again Jew right here. Thank God. And we honor... We honor this in you. We honor the Word of God. It is is said this way on purpose and for emphasis and for a reason. And I think because we have one born-again Jew in the house and the rest are Gentiles, we skip by that. But there's an emphasis here. The gospel is for the Jew first. That's what the, the Apostle Paul says. That's what the Word of God says. And I want us to take a moment and honor that today. But I also am thankful that it didn't stop at just the gospel is for the Jew, period. I am so glad that it goes on to say it is for the Jew first and for the Gentile. Do I have any Gentiles in the room that have been born again? Hallelujah! The gospel of Jesus Christ, it is for the Jew and it is for the Gentile. It is for the prisoner and for the prison prison guard. The gospel is for the guy in the gutter or the governor of the state. The gospel is for the rich and for the poor. It is for men. It is for women. It's for the young and for the old. It's for the black and for the white. It's for the Hispanic and for the Asian. The gospel is for every country on every continent, for every tribe and every nation. Hallelujah. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. Come on and give God praise in this place if you are thankful that the gospel of Jesus Christ has come to you no matter the color of your skin, no matter if you have money or you have no money, if you're at the top of the ladder or at the bottom of your barrel, the gospel of Jesus Christ is for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's for men and for women, for children and for the aged. It's for everyone. The gospel of Jesus Christ. But how will they know? how will they know? Somebody has to have a, a determination. Think about those who you work with for a moment. Do you work with anyone who needs Jesus? Every day. Every day. Think about the neighborhood that you live in. Are they all saved? Are they all following Christ? Are there any lost? How about your own family? Does anybody have family member that you're praying will be saved? Any family members that need to be saved? God, let this be the year. Let this be the year. Hallelujah. Mm. I want to pray right now for your family. I just feel the Holy Ghost in this right now. Come on, if you have a family member that you're praying for right now. Right now, there's a moment happening right now. Lift that hand. That is an extension for them. That is in proxy and in standing for them. My Lord. Hallelujah. A family member who's confused. A family... There we go. Come on, latch on. Let your faith arise right now. Hallelujah. I know the Holy Ghost is working in this prayer right now. Family members who are lost. Lord of the harvest, we're asking right now that you would send workers and laborers into the harvest field. I pray, Lord, that you would send people to work right next to them that are born again and filled with your Holy Spirit, God. We pray that believers would come into the neighborhood and, and move in next door to them or behind their fence, God. Use somebody somewhere to get to them. And we also, Lord, in lifting our hands, say, I'm available. Use me. Come on, ask God to use you. Use me, Lord, to... To be that voice to a, a lost family member right now. Hallelujah, God. We ask that it could be this year by your by your mercy, Lord. Let it be this year. Our lost family comes to know you, folks. I'm going to pray a prayer for all those today who would like a new passion. Boldness and anointing in sharing the good news with those around you. You would like a new passion and boldness and anointing for sharing the gospel. If that's you, I want you to stand on your feet right now. Oh, yes. Come on, think about all the lost people that you encounter on a weekly basis, maybe on a daily basis. We're rubbing shoulders with people who are lost every day. We have the answer. We have the healing, the good news. Now, Father, as we lift our hands to you, We ask that you fill us now. Let a new boldness and passion come into us. A new anointing, Lord, let it rest upon us. Use our words. May we declare as the Apostle Paul, we are not ashamed of the gospel. And let this be our delight. The power that transformed us. And is able to transform others. Remind us of this, God. Lord, I pray for that determination that Paul had. May we have that as well. Prepare the hearts of those that we will share with. Use us for your purpose. May we become evangelists. Each one of us, God. Sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen Now be ready Because there's no lack of need And I believe the Holy Spirit Will gently prompt you and urge you And remind you of this prayer Here's the moment you prayed about Here's the person that I'm putting in your life And all you do is take a deep breath Whisper a little prayer under your breath God help me easy you don't have time all all the time to go to some prayer closet or get to the church and pray through you just pray a little simple prayer under your breath God help me and I believe He'll put the words in your mouth we're not all up on some street corner with the megaphone telling people if you don't come to Christ you're going to hell that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about the everyday opportunities to let people know about Jesus Christ. Are you ready, church? Are you ashamed or are you not ashamed? Amen. Will the Lord bless you? The Lord keep you, make his face shine upon you. Keep in mind your life group tonight. Get there or get here. Until then, have a great afternoon, everyone.